Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How's your Monday? Uh, pretty good, Dennis. It it just turned into a really good Monday, actually, like ten seconds ago. It's because I'm talking okay. to you right now. <laughs> uh, just as as we were loading and you were doing a countdown, I just got a message from uh, our buddy Fox. You know, Mister Geek Scholar Movie News and LRM Online Fox. Um, I'm going to go out and see him real soon. And he, he's been looking into, he gets uh, a lot of press passes to, to movies and films because he reviews them, obviously press stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got uh, a preview press re- uh, viewing of the Marvels uh, for, and that he's going to go to when I, as soon as I land on Tuesday, going to go straight to the movies and watch that. So I'm a little excited. Tomorrow, Tuesday? No, no, no. Like it's the, the November seventh. I think it comes out on the tenth or eleventh, something like that. Okay, I wasn't sure about that movie. I've been seeing, uh, not watching, but seeing on my feed, like YouTube uh, videos. Maybe not a ton of them, but they must be. If if he's just now getting press access, they must just be like predictions based on the trailers or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know how good it's going to be or not because you know it's been established on here i wasn't a huge fan of the first one um but i i did like kamala a lot so mm-hmm. and and that character and the the actress that plays her that whole thing that they they do there um feels like the thing that marvel's been missing for a couple of years now of just like fun and yeah i you know, i don't remember I don't remember a lot about that series. I remember liking it, and I was talking to my nieces at some point on the holiday or something, and they only watched like half of the shows because there were twenty of them in two years. Yeah, um, and they all really liked uh, Moon Knight because they ah. like yeah. uh, I, I, Aaron. I, J, J, who's that actor? <laughs> You're saying a lot of things. I like, I don't I don't know who that is. Uh, uh, the guy that plays Poe Dameron. I, yeah, I, Isaac Aaron. Oh, uh, yes, Aaron? it's Isaac's. Aaron? It's, uh, it's something Isaac's. Oscar Isaac's. Oscar Isaac's. <laughs> the, the vowels. I, still, I had the wrong. I liked your. your, your I, I knew vowel it was sounds. vowels, and I was pretty sure there was a an an Isaac or an Aaron in there. Um, <laughs> you were just going to hit it with the syllables yeah. eventually. Hey, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was. A, I knew if I gave you enough clues, you would you would answer for me. Um, and anyway, one of them asked me why I what I liked about miss marvel because they hadn't seen it yeah um and i i tried to describe to them just like her relationship with her family and her friends like from the pilot i was expecting like um your typical like rebellious teenager Mm -hmm. gets powers and keeps it a secret from their parents and there's you know pressure from the parents just a really tired yeah um um status quo at this point and and that ended up to not be the case. And there was just some really, um, to me, fascinating, uh, like cultural right. analysis right. with her, yeah. um, her family history kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but the like finer details of the story, I just are, are gone. Same. To, for same, me. same. <laughs> um, very, very true. Same here. Um, but I, I liked, I remember, you know, I know I liked that show. I liked that character. I don't have, strong feelings about monica rambo um same same i don't i don't know if we've seen her since wandavision yeah um, she was i feel like she was in something 
Maybe I'm maybe I'm not. Maybe I don't know. But I, I swear I think she was on something. Maybe like a Guardians or she, she showed up, yeah, in like Guardians or Loki or Or yeah, one, maybe uh, it was one of the T V shows or something. Man, yeah, I'm, one of one myself. of the other shows or or made an appearance in one of the movies or or something. Um If only we had a, a way to search for things that of information. Yeah, you know, we could look it up and 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 tell. I I would say people are screaming at their screaming the answer at their phones, but <laughs> th- there's been so much mediocre Marvel content in the past 2 years that I don't know how many people remember those details either. Right. right. Um Yeah, and and I don't like I'm not a fan of of uh Brie Larson's uh captain marvel oh she but... was captain marvel that's right wasn't she was she was captain marvel in doctor strange um that's what it was in, Do- in the doctor strange multiverse of madness when they went and they saw the the um uh, alternate versions uh, alternate of... versions and she was captain or she was herself but the captain marvel type thing she was binary she Got was binary. Yeah. yeah i knew i saw her somewhere before okay move, moving along <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about their interplay. Like the trailer looks funny. Um, you know, you've got the different different ages of people interacting, which I think is some of the fun of the crossover movies, like Civil War. Um, and so there's maybe some potential there, but who knows? Who, who knows? Seen, Absolutely. Yeah. I I think that I've definitely seen Marvel movie trailers that gave me a lot of hype and then I watched the movie and it was you know Thor Love and Thunder or Exactly or right very very good Doctor good. Strange uh, mom multiverse of madness Yeah yeah, yeah I don't don't have high hopes per se but you know it, it it as I always say it's always good to spend time in the movies especially with a superhero thing unless it's Morbius um and then you just have a good nap uh but you know mm-hmm. it's, it's it's the uh the last Marvel movie of the year we'll see how we'll see how it goes um but I, I'm excited to be able to watch that early with Fox, and I just found that out. So, yeah, that makes my Monday a, a pretty good one, um, all things considered. Uh, what do we got here for our our, our uh, discussion? Oh, hey, I can talk to real quick about uh, I got to go see Jerry Seinfeld in concert. Or what do they do? Stand-up stuff. Live. Live. On in, stage. Live on stage. There you go. Um he came to IU Auditorium and did a show. I had bought tickets a long time ago. Um, and he's, you know, he's, I don't have a lot to say about it, except that he's, he's very funny. He's very much just like what you, you know, know of him. All, obviously, yeah. all modern material and stuff, but um, just as funny as he was before, kind of things where he just, he talks about normal things and uh, just as does the great job of all the deliveries and stuff. So yeah, he's, he's fantastic. It, you know, I have decided though that I'm not going to watch comedians anymore in big venues. Um, mm. It's just, you know, it's just like kind of watching it on your phone because it's so far right. away. Uh, yeah, and even, like a like a big a big special. I could yeah, see that. Yeah. I've I've only been to two comedy shows, both of them at the Comedy Attic in Bloomington, oh, which is yeah. a small a small venue, and I could see that like part of the part of the big appeal is seeing them do crowd work. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, at a, at a live show and, you know, maybe they talk to you, maybe you, uh, you know, maybe they talk to one of your friends and then you have a fun, 
story to take away with it that's more memorable than any of the jokes. Yep. Um, and there's the, there, there's the, the, jokes, the face stuff. You could just watch it on Netflix or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. It's because it, it's also the, the face acting is, as we call it, right. Where mm. they emote and do things and smile and laugh and that those kind of things. And when you watch Kevin Hart on the Netflix specials and he's on these huge stadiums, you know, it's great because you are seeing right up as if you're in the front row, but True. You go so far back, yeah. you can't see anything but a blur, no matter how good your eyesight's eye. I, I had the brand new iPhone 15 Pro Max, and I zoomed all the way in with its super telescopic lens, and it was still blurry. He was still blurry. That's how far back it, it kind of was. <laughs> I didn't have terrible seats, but I didn't have great seats either. Um, but anyway, the, the point was is that it, it was still funny, good jokes, you know, but uh, I don't think that I got as much as I would in a smaller venue. Um, and I would rather see those jokes, you know, on Netflix or something like that. And said, uh, worth going. Very cool to see what's basically like a, le- a legend of comedy. Um, yeah. Which is pr- pretty good. And, and he, and he was fun. So like I said, that's a, I didn't have a lot to say with that, but it was pretty cool. He was, uh, he did was asked the question at the end, whether they're going to do a reunion. And he was very clearly said, no, they are not going to do a reunion. Uh, mm. <laughs> he had been on another stand-up. Someone had recorded him earlier, and they'd asked him about if he if the ending to his show. And he kind of off the cuff mentioned that there were something in the works, and then everybody lost their minds and thought there was going to be a Seinfeld reunion. So he's been clearing it up with everybody that they're not that, that's not happening. Because <laughs> I, I, I did like that show. Uh, okay, yeah. What did we do this week, Dennis? Did we do anything fun? Um. I moved camp twice. Twice in um, one week. Yeah, I I moved. I'm um I'm in Oregon now. Uh kind of south, southern. I mean, I'm close to the coast, very close to the coast now. Um I drove down the 101 highway that goes kind of up and around in the in the hills in the mountains of it's probably just hills of the uh of the Oregon coast. And, um, there were parts of that drive where I could see the water just off to my right. And, um, made a couple of brief stops, nothing too exciting. Um, and then stopped about, about halfway through the drive, um, just outside Tillamook, which I think is where that like cheese and ice cream uh, brand is. Oh, okay. Company. Yeah. It's, it's very popular out here. Um, I see it in all stores. But there's a big, um, I mean, not a huge uh, winery, but a winery with a big property. Um, so they had a big parking lot and a big uh, grass field, and they do Harvest Hosts, which I've talked about before. It's a, um app and a website where you can, request to stay overnight at businesses and farms and um most places have like one or two spots right like there's a parking lot and there's space at the back where you know one person can set up um but these guys have a big a big parking lot and when it's not too wet like it's been rainy here so it was a little questionable but there were not so many there were i don't know I think less than a dozen, but more than six. So they're like eight or 10, um, 
campers set up there, including me. Yeah. Um, and so I knew that was a cool spot. So I went there and got some wine and cheese and uh, watched most of our movie that night. Um, and then came the rest of the way to where I am now, um, which is not too... I think I'm about an hour away from Eugene or Eugene, however you say that. Eugene, um, yeah. Eugene, Oregon, um, near the coast. So, yeah, I'm here this week, and then next week I will be in California. Ooh. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, I have mixed feelings about that. Like, obviously, there's a lot of really beautiful country, especially in northern California. Yeah, so I've never been up north, and that would be cool. Um. But it's and and I really haven't either. Like I, uh, I think the farthest I've gone is San Francisco, and that was only two nights for a conference. I didn't see anything outside the few blocks radius of my hotel, um, and not even radius, just like between the hotel and the the convention center. Um, and so I'm I'm looking forward to that scenery and stuff. But I hear mixed reports on the experience for RVers in California with fuel prices and oh right laws and right and all of those things so we'll it, see how that goes. especially um I would guess just off the top of my head you know how much they have to deal with wildfires in that area that I bet the whole camping has more strict rules than anywhere yeah I mean there's that too we talked last week a little bit about burn bans and things I'm not too worried about that like if I if I were just camping, camping with a tent and stuff, it would be a pretty big bummer to me to not be able to have a fire. Um, but here, I mean, not here now, like I'm in the camper most of the time and I take the dog for walks. I don't really go to the trouble of making a fire just for me to sit. And I mean, I do once in a rare while, but it's not a, it's not a big detriment or deterrent for me. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't know. We'll see. I might be worried about nothing and I'm not too worried. Like I'm still going to be in California for most of November, I think. Um, well, the rest of October, which is, was like a week. I'll be here until, um, here in Oregon until the 28th. Um, moving right before Halloween yeah it's another there's another gap because i want to get close to there's a park by i don't know if it's yosemite or the redwoods or one of those national parks in northern california um and it's another one that's a long enough drive that i'm doing the overnight uh saturday night again oh um, yeah one of those so yeah long yeah. trips to, to do uh, so that's well. That sounds cool. Time time to move from from north to south because it's getting winter time, right, Dennis? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. That's escape. That's the idea. I mean, I I think winter in winter in Washington is different and maybe milder than not all of Washington, but like the Seattle side of yep. the mountains. Yeah. Um. It it sounds like they don't like they get a little bit of snow compared to you know parts of the midwest and northern midwest but um yeah i also am meandering my way to be closer to drive home for the holidays oh right yeah yeah you just gotta gotta get you make your way through the, the area mm -hmm. 
Um, I did a lot of, I guess, TV watching and side watching, multitasking a lot this weekend. But um, I played played some Satisfactory, which is not a lot to, to talk about there because we've talked about it in past shows. Go look it up if you want to learn what no one talk about the game Satisfactory. Um, but there was a, and I haven't played it in a while. And there was a big update where they changed uh, engines uh, from uh, versions of Unreal Engine up. Um, so I was interested in how that could even matter for changing the game. Um, sure. And so that's the only thing to kind of report on a little bit is that, uh, it, it does, uh, a lot of mesh stuff has changed where, when I, what I mean by that for non-video game people are objects, um, are created with mesh wireframe type stuff. Um, and they cause, they basically box off something like a wall so you can't go through it. Um, but with the new capabilities, one of the most apparent things easily is that uh, you can overlap some previously insignificant uh, objects, like uh, an electric pole. For example, you need to power your your buildings. Um, it couldn't. You could have two buildings right next to each other, but you couldn't put the power pole in between them. You had to put it out to the side because it just you mm. wouldn't overlap. But now that's kind of flagged as it's okay. So those meshes can overlap with each other. Um, belts can cross a lot easier than they did before. Um, and it just makes, it makes a lot of the stuff less fidgety and more simpler and smoother. And you don't have to, you still have to worry about, you know, placing of your big buildings and all of your kind of stuff. But for making your, um, you know, you, you've got, tight buildings close to each other and you're like if i can just get that belt to go up and over or before because of the the clipping and stuff you couldn't now it, it just does it and you can and a belt can kind of go up through a building where it used to not be able to like oh it's just it makes it smoother nicer and i i'm out of the four or five i guess you'd say acts or whatever i'm thinking three uh, around three of it on this playthrough and uh, it just makes it funner quicker easier um, but besides that, it's kind of the, the, still the old satisfactory. Um, they just need to launch that thing. Um, they've t- uh, tweaked a couple different things with um, like perks for your character and patterns for buildings that you can unlock. And so there's mm-hmm. a lot more personalization uh, upgrades and stuff that they've put into the game. Um, but yeah, That's cool. yeah, it's fun. And I hear, I hear, I'm not actually going to say satisfactory. I hear Factorio is getting an expansion pretty soon. Yes, like a space one, Aaron told me. Yeah, like a big content patch. I don't know. I I don't pursue news for that game because that game is the original, like, eats up all my time, like <laughs> uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is, is currently still doing. Yeah. Um, and so I, I am never sure whether it's a patch for the game or just a really cool um, mod because that game has a very active modding community mm-hmm. um right right so yeah i haven't really i haven't really heard much about that i did um i don't know if i told the story about my windows computer dying but i got new hard drives and ram for that and got it reset and of course it has no <laughs> has nothing installed anymore um and so i installed Baldur's k3 and as you should. Played it on there for an evening, uh, but it does not run as fast or as, as high um, graphics quality as my MacBook. 
which is surprising, but also this Windows laptop is a 2018 model, so it's getting a little getting a little old. A little long in the tooth Um, there, yeah. Yeah, but I did uh, reinstall um, Diablo 4 because our buddy Pete is playing it. Oh, yeah. Um, I did that late at night, and so I also bought the 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 cheap the cheaper of the two battle pass things oh you bought it you bought uh, into the battle pass did you like before not before but i think i'd i'd been playing for like 20 minutes when the thing popped up and i saw it and i was like ah, i should just do that um <laughs> that's how they get your money man that's that's <laughs> that's how they get you and i don't want to count how much money i've given blizzard over the last 20 years um or just or just any place that's like that's ah, ten dollars sure why not Right, right, ten dollars, whatever. Um, but I've not played that a lot. Um, I was off it for so long that I have forgotten the whole like feel of it. Yeah, I kept trying to move the camera around because, um, <laughs> like well, three D like Baldur's like, Gate, like like Baldur's Gate. I mean, according to Steam, I've just passed three hundred hours in that game. <laughs> yeah, so. So it's been my whole real. life for the last the last month, and yeah, I'm like I can't move the screen, I can't zoom out any farther. What is wrong <laughs> with this? Yeah, right. Yeah, the uh, I we had um, tailgate for the IU game last Saturday, and it was the crab boil that we have every year. And so I was there, and Aaron was there, and Chris was there. Chris kind of runs it, and um, we got to talking about um, about that and the, uh, the Factorio type games um and aaron had started started also restarted playing um diablo and he mm-hmm. said he said the new the new season is pretty fun and pretty good and he just had kind of positive things to say about it um so i may i may p- try pop it in it's playstation so it's a little different um but i'm i'm not eager to go back to games what i'm trying to limit myself to to stop doing is playing games that don't have an end that are just kind of hmm. i don't want to say time wasters but uh you know diablo is one of them right there's no real end to it you're just kind of doing the doing the the loop um right overwatch same kind of thing it's just a loop type stuff where you play battlefield or call of duty whatever the, there's no end to it um, I'm trying to stay away from those for a, a long while until I can get my narrative games a little bit more in shape. Um, and especially with something like Spider-Man two launched yesterday, uh, I kind of, I got to do some other things before I, I bought that. I have platinum to the other two Spider-Man games. So it's hard for me to not run out there and buy this on, on day one, but I, but I'm waiting. It's the, it's the season of black Friday. Not that that game's going to come out for cheap but you know before i, I go know, buy any kind of new games I'm, I'm only a month away from black friday so i might as well just wait and see what see what they're gonna sure what they're gonna do makes there. sense um, and then get a bunch of games that i won't have time to play um <laughs> but uh speaking of games well i wanted to say we should talk about a little bit of technology with your computer i got it i got a new iphone not that there's a lot to um talk about there but if anybody's considering a new iphone um i got the you- you talked about that last week. Oh, did I? Okay. Yeah. So it, to, to recap then, it's not that big a thing. I've had it for, I did have, have, as I said earlier in the Seinfeld show, an opportunity to use the super, super big lens that they have. It's this beast of five circles on my thing. You know, it, 
and it's always done. And it was it was good. It was better than you could have, could have gotten before. That's my report is that the it definitely you can zoom in without it being all pixelated and nasty. Um, but mm-hmm. it still has its limits. It's not as good as if you get a telescopic lens for your for an actual camera camera. Um, yeah. But you know, for all all normal usage, it's more than it should be um, for that. I did also learn how to do um, changing the always on uh, screen mode and stuff, which again, it's an iOS thing, so it's not a big deal. But yeah, I still like my phone. It's it's okay. That's all I had to say about that one. Um, I watched two two shows that I kind of want to mention and just move past. On Netflix, there's a show called The Machine and a new show called Old Dads. They're films, not not series. Okay. And they're based on popular stand-up comics. Basically, you know how they used to do in the 90s and 2000s or whatever where where a a, a comic would get a TV show and it's all about their kind of yeah. like their skit. Um like Seinfeld. Like Seinfeld exactly or Home Improvement, stuff like that. Um Seinfeld was a little different because it was meta. Yeah. Like he he was playing himself and I I that was just before my time. I didn't really watch it when it was on, but I went back within the last few years and watched some of the seasons like starting in season two because season one is rough. Yeah. Um, and there's a certain point where he and George are trying to get a show pitched to a TV network. <laughs> yeah. And the, show, the show's called Jerry. <laughs> yeah. And they're talking about the characters. The characters are like them. And I'm like, what's, what's happening this is they're describing this show the show that they're on yeah it's uh yeah. To- it's looping meta is it was pretty yeah, awesome exactly. actually and all the characters they're writing characters for that show in a show of characters that they knew in real life that they wrote for the show and then the show characters are responding to their show characters it's so just mind-bending <laughs> that yeah. whole couple yeah. episodes do uh, but anyway so these, these shows on Netflix, Old old Dads and The Machine. I can't remember The Machine, uh, the, the, the comic. Um, oh, it's going to be on the tip of my tongue. Um, oh, Burt Kresher, Kresher, I think is his name. Uh, he does, okay. he, he's got a good stand-up. And the show is basically his stand-up if it was kind of real. Um, the only thing I want to say about it is it wasn't very entertaining. And it's it's one of those examples that the the comedian doesn't quite transfer over to a sit a TV actor very well. Sure. Right. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, Oh, I can't really, the risk they took here, but eh, yeah, I, w- I would, I would say a, a kind of a pass on it, even if you like his comedy, which I, I do. Um, the other one was old dads. That is the, um, let's take Bill Burr, his comedy act and mm-hmm. make, and make it a show or, and okay. I love Bill Burr and I love his the little like sarcastic things he's got to say about life and kind of, yeah, but, yeah. W- but when you see it play out, I, I like Bill Burr too. I don't know if I want to watch a show. Yes. Uh, about those jokes. Exactly. No, that's, that's, yeah. that was it. And I watched it and I was like, why don't I, why don't I really like this much? And it's real big on Netflix right now. It's getting like good ratings, but I, I still, and it, it's because he, I'll, I'll use our one word. He bitches about things, right? Like that's his, his major mm-hmm. gripe is that he's complaining about, let's say, 
you know, uh, his wife or kids or, you know, it's like all these people. And that's what, that's the funny part about it. But when you get to watch yeah, it on a show, those people are annoying and you'd hate them and you don't want, you don't want yeah, to see more. Of he's, them. he's not like, I don't want to call him an angry comic because he's not like, I've seen angry, like oh, he's angry, you but know, yeah, a, a, a little bit of like Louis CK or, I mean, I don't really watch like the super or, um, uh, Oh shoot! What's his name? Who? Um, uh, Black. Uh, I'm not gonna remember his first name. Anyway, uh, those kind of guys who are just like ranting. Yeah. Um, Bill Burr is more like he's he's making kind of annoyed and angry observations, but still like smiling and laughing. Yeah. yeah. At the at the stories he's telling, but they're, you know. He's he's not uh he doesn't have the 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 like the visage the demeanor of of someone ranting but he's pretty close to ranting. Yeah, well, um, he, his a lot of yeah. his stuff is is frustration, right? Because because you yeah. can you can feel his anger kind of boiling always at the surface, but he how he's so frustrated trying to keep it together, trying to keep it down. That's why he always has a kind of a smile on his face because you mm-hmm. can just see this guy is just trying everything to keep back in his whole routine. So when you watch that on the show and you see the Karens that he's dealing with or the, the school moms and, and you're like, I just hate all these things. And it, so it's not, it sounds awful. It, it does. And, and he still has his jokes when he's doing them. Cause he's still that frustrated guy, but you, do, I don't like any of it. I don't like anything else about it except him. And he's just anger just like you are and you're like no i i don't i'm not finding funny in any of this just frustration mm-hmm. right so yeah yeah I, not, nothing wrong and he's he's not a bad actor because we've seen him in, in actual sh- other shows so that wasn't the problem there he's uh, in mando yeah mando for example yeah so he, he that's that's definitely not not a problem in his case there it was just the subject matter is not a not great for for television i, I don't think um yeah yeah I haven't watched any more of Loki yet. We'll have to talk about that some other time. Um, I did watch House of Usher. It's an Edgar Allan Poe remake on Netflix, a Halloween type thing. I watched three episodes. Um, it's very Edgar Allan Poe-ish. I was happy to... I'm not really a scary movie guy, but... I feel like Fall of, Fall of the House of Usher, is that's a, a Poe story, isn't it? Yes, Correct. And Netflix has made it into I, a miniseries. A short story. Yeah. I feel like I asked about this show and somebody said it was about Usher, like the musician. That's what I thought. And, and that's what I was wrong. <laughs> right? Whoever it was, was, was trolling me or us. It's probably Fox. Probably. probably. Uh, it, it, it is not. It's definitely, um, you know, the, that story, but modern tale. tale. Doesn't sound right. And then, yeah. Uh, I've not read a lot of Poe, but me either, and I haven't read this one. I swear I've heard that title in some other context, but uh, but yeah, but it's uh, it's, it's not the Raven or no. Telltale Heart or something. Uh, it's 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 pretty good. I mean, honestly, I again I would not have expected to like this or not 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 like this, show, but watch this kind of a show. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not into creepy, scary kind of movies or shows. Um, but this one, this one is not too bad because I think a lot of it, most of all the episodes aren't creepy and just occasionally you'll see like 
in the background in the shadows, there's a kind of a dead person back there and it creeps you out and mm-hmm. you don't realize it until they move. Right. Right. And so you're like the whole time there's a good story and a good characters, very good actors doing a thing. And there's this creepy mystical part of it. And it just kind of freaks you out. So I was, I've been kind of into it. Like I said, there's eight episodes. I think I watched three. Each one is, uh, a specific story with this family, the Usher family. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I, I, I dig it. I dig it. Um, well, the, I, and the very first thing, I'm not spoiling anything. The very first thing, there's a lot to it, but basically it follows this family who's very rich pharmaceutical family that are not good people at all by any stretch of the imagination, bad people. And uh, this, this, the dad is telling the story to someone, which I'll leave to people to watch, see why. Uh, but each episode, he's got six kids, and each episode is what happened to those six kids, um, how okay. they died. And and I don't know if the last one like brings them all together. It's terrible. It's called The Raven is the last episode. Um, <laughs> so, but it's cool because, you know, you, you follow one specific one of the, the ushers and see how terrible they are. And then in the end, you get kind of a, I guess they're comeuppance on how they die mystically type stuff. It's pretty, it's mm-hmm. pretty, it's pretty interesting. So of all those, of all those you... two, three shows, I would not have thought this one would have been the one I liked the most, but yeah. Yeah. That's, that's surprising. Have you found the, um, Edgar Allan Poe reference gear item in Baldur's Gate 3? I have not. What What is it? They are uh, gloves that let you summon a pet. It's exactly the same as the wizard um, find companion uh, raven pet. Oh, cool. Ex- except the spell says summon quoth the raven. Oh, Q-U-O-T-H-E. nice. Q-O-T-H-E. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I will say also um, Mark Hamill's in Fall of the House of Usher, and he's pretty good in it. So. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, it's funny. I felt like there was something else that I did in the past week, aside from work and eat and sleep and travel and uh, <laughs> play, play Baldur's Gate. Um, I listened to a book from, uh, um, from the library that is a, a horror, uh, maybe suspense, but more horror um horror western i guess um it popped up on one of my social things and so i i found it on the library app and and listened to it um it's called lone women uh by victor laval okay it's from march so i'm surprised it's in the library already though i guess that happens um it's from earlier this year it's set in 1915 yeah 1915 um and it's written in like this is maybe i might have to explain this a little bit you know how um fiction writing is split into different uh voices or or points of view yeah uh perspectives correct um and and most like most fiction is written in third person, um, sometimes with a different level of zoom, as it were. Um, and some, 
and then and then the rest of fiction is written in first person right i this especially uh ya a lot of a lot of ya is written this way right um and older stuff like from the 1800s or um whatever is written with a really wide what they call third person omniscient like the narrator knows everything but is just giving you the right information that the story needs at the right time yeah um where newer fiction is usually written in third person close where it's it's still written in the third person but we're seeing like we're almost seeing through the eyes of the characters like if you read um wheel of time or uh the song of ice and fire series it's third person but um particularly in in martin's case like he's he's still writing everything through the eyes of the of a different character in each chapter yeah and so the view is really narrow like there's misinformation not misinformation i guess that's the right word for it like the reader doesn't know you know all the details of a situation because they're viewing it through the eyes of like aria Okay. She's there in a crowd. She's watching this thing happen, but she doesn't understand. So she hears somebody say something and maybe you as the reader know and connect the dots, but it's really just a faint hint because she has no idea what she's hearing. Like the words don't, um, the names or whatever aren't relevant. Um, this book is written in that older style of third person omniscient. So there's, um, there are these, these events and descriptions of things happening as this, I, I got it and started because from the library, I got it and started without knowing anything about it. Um, it's, uh, an African-American woman, uh, leaving, like fleeing her home. Um, she's just over 30, I think. Um, her parents are dead and in the opening chapter, she's setting the house on fire. And oh. she's fleeing to get on a ship to go to Seattle so she can um, take a train or a wagon or whatever. I think it's a train for a while um, to Montana where she can um, get a claim of land to 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 work, to settle. Um, it's a like government, federal government program at the time where people could claim these plots of land um, like... 300 acre plots or something but it's montana um so you need big land because it's so dry um and you have to stay on it for three years and improve it and then if at the end of that time you've done those things you the land is yours like you get it for free but you have to meet these requirements and the like i don't i don't usually you know look for horror stuff um the description of this and like the writing uh, uh angle thing sounded interesting to me and i was like oh check that out um and it's uh, i don't want to say too much because it spoils it but it it does a really good job of just sort of maintaining suspense where like things are happening and people have secrets and th- things are described and when you get to reveals later you're like oh that's why that was described this way but it's all from this 
like the the author is the the point of view is just giving you enough information so that you sort of think things are one way but then it turns out that this and the, and the the suspense of it really just kept me um kept me engaged all the way through nice um so if you are into books horror like um it was years ago like in college and and for a few years afterward um i read and listened to some stephen king thrillers um i've also listened to the dark tower series which yeah. is yeah. later and a different it's more like um high fantasy um and this had suspense like that but without the um very disturbing like stuff that keeps you awake at night psychological uh um well disturbing is the best way the best word for it um that i found in a lot of uh stephen king novels yeah i i have to be in kind of a mood to to like and it, it is usually obviously around this time of year when when it's all spooky outside and things like that to get into to the scary or spooky creepy kind of type things but yeah um, that was that was part of why i checked it out i was like well it's almost halloween and i'm i just finished uh the last book i was listening to and i was about to do two days of driving i'm like i need something new to listen to let me check this out yeah 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 no and and that's like those are the perfect times to to, to get that that's why when i saw something like the escher thing i I watch that kind of stuff once a year. It's and I like it. It's good. I maybe just call me weak for for you know not being good good at being scared <laughs> or or creeped out. But yeah, no, that that one sounds pretty. That sounds pretty cool though. Um, I think that's more. So I watch for for shows, and you got that one. We you watch some more Taskmaster? Have you? I'm I think two episodes into the second series. Yeah. That, still good still like the thing i don't doesn't mm-hmm. seem to change much which is exactly what i want and i like that it's uh after watching i think i'm through three now um i like that it's short there's like five or six episodes you know what i mean per, mm-hmm. per season and they're not terribly long so um still enjoying that one i got to play switching over a little bit before we get to our our movie this week i got to um on Tuesday game night, we're going to be starting in a couple weeks, sometime in November, I think. Uh, the Ticket to Ride Legacy game is coming out. Right. We're, we're all very much looking forward to that. Uh, it looks like we might be running two tables of it, but it's not out yet, and it's going to come out in a couple weeks uh, or a month or so. So we're playing. We want to do something in between there, and uh, our buddy Trotsky has got this game called freelancers a crossroads game um and we're giving okay. it a try it's a co-op crossroads uh, the britney spears movie yes very much like the, or the eras tour is what it's like mm-hmm. uh so uh we played one of these games before by this this company i can't think who their company is but they uh make a game called black water uh black waters it's very narrative driven kind of game uh, this one works through an app so um, when you, it kind of tells you where you need to go and then it's all voiced through the app. Um, choose your own adventure 
is kind of like the, the core of it, you know, choose what you want to do, then go here, then it plays a bit. And then you interact with what it says, kind of like the Baldur's gate kind of dialogue trees type stuff. Um, but, um, we played it once, uh, on last Tuesday and we really, really like it. Uh, black, our dark waters, black waters, something like that was, wasn't that enjoyable. This one just really is. It's got really great writing. It's very funny and kind of lighthearted. Um, for example, Trotsky picked a character class called uh, the Dung Farmer, uh, you know, because that's just one of the classes that was available. They have classes sure. like divorcee, um, things like that, that are classes. Um, and when you, what makes it good is that the characters in the game on the app, as you're going through, you go to town or something like that. They'll that well, you have to put in your your information first. They'll see the Dung Farmer in the party and then they'll come up and talk to him and say, Oh, why would you give up such a glorious profession for adventuring? You know, and just, (laughs) it's just hilarious. All the little things they do. And, um, we were, we were all, there was four, it's a four player game. I plays up to seven actually, uh, but four of us were playing and we just had a really great time. Very lighthearted, very easy. Um, not a lot of complicated rules. There's hardly anything at all that you have to learn because the app kind of handles it as you go through. The only downside sure. is that there's not a lot to it per se. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, you, you do roll a die. So let's say I go and successfully talk to a guy to get a boat to go somewhere. Right. Um, and I get, it gives me plus one to a skill, a skill, say intelligence. Right. And I, I mark it off on my sheet. Now I've, Instead of rolling a D4 for my intelligence, I roll a D6. I get another plus one, I'll start rolling D8s, and then D10s, then D12s, and the D20s. So you get, you know, and the higher the number against challenges is better. So it's, it's kind of, that's the most complex thing to it, is that you get, you increase your skills and roll bigger dice. Uh, and then it says, would you like to open up the box? And you're like, yes, I want to pick the lock. All right, roll a intelligence checks them so you just roll the thing and it's and you say i rolled a 15 you're like good you won you know it's it's not complicated in any way which is not the point right the point is the story um and the narrative uh kind of choices so we're enjoying it we're going to play it again this week on this tuesday i think um and finish it out because we kind of want to finish before ticket to ride comes ticket to ride sure yeah yeah um but i again i was a little skeptical because i uh, Black Waters, I, I wasn't that big of a fan. It was also a narrative. A lot of the mechanics in that game are in this one. Um, but right. they just they just hired better writers and better voice actors because <laughs> that's very much it was it's been very much enjoyable. And I would 100 percent play it with my family, play with a lot of family different. I would recommend it for families for sure. Um, not just not just little kids, but, you know, adults. Um Casual gamers. Casual gamers. There you go. Actually, mm-hmm. absolutely. I I can't think of any casual gamer who would not enjoy this game. So very fun. Okay. Nice. Like it a lot. Uh, that being said, do you want to uh, launch into our movie of the week? Let's do it. So this week we watched Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Our, our last Pride and Prejudice show. Yeah, un- unless we find like a <laughs> Muppets. Oh, <laughs> have, have we talked about that Muppets meme where, no. uh, like the Muppet Christmas Carol? People are like, "What movie would you remake 
with all the all the characters Muppets except for one real actor, like uh, like, like uh, a Christmas Carol, uh, M- Michael Caine in uh, in a Christmas Carol, right? And I don't know if this was one of them. It, it would have to be Lizzie, but that's it's weird. I think the romance of it is weird. <laughs> it, well, it, unless it was uh, like Kermie, right? Kermie and Miss Piggy or something. But yeah, that that would have to be Jane, um, Jane and and uh, Mr. Bingsley or what's his name? Uh, Bingley. Bingley. Yeah. Uh, so this um, is a zombie zombies with yeah, Pride and Prejudice. This is a zombie. Zombie Pride and Prejudice. Uh, this is adapted from a novel um, of okay. the same name that I started to read, um, but I think I think in the first few pages there was so much lifted from the original. I mean, they set up the joke in, in the first line, right yeah. before title card. Before you see anything, you hear Lily James say, "It is a truth universally acknowledged." that a zombie in possession of brains must want more brains. Right. And you're like, okay, this is, this is what we're in for here. Yeah. Um, but like that, when I tried to read it, I was like, did somebody just take the text of Jane Austen and like rewrite the sentences? So they were zombie memes. That doesn't seem like writing to me. <laughs> and I'm not like, I was not in the mood, but then they, they made this movie and I was like, okay, I don't know. Well, We'll see. And so I went and saw it in the theater with some of my siblings. And then we watched it later when it came on streaming, you know, a year or so later. And uh, and now we are, now we watched it for the podcast. Uh, so for people who haven't watched it and may know what Pride and Prejudice is, are probably very confused if they've never heard of what this is or saw anything about it. Can you, what kind of movie is this, Dennis? What What would you describe it as? Um, it is the story of Pride and Prejudice, um, the same, pretty much the identical, like, uh, family and characters, the, 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 the romances, couple of rom handful of romances, uh, misunderstandings, um, this very similar, uh, plot beats to the Pride and Prejudice story. Uh, set in the same time, the same era, except there's an ongoing zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yes, um, ongoing, ongoing, and, yes. and un- unlike the unlike the typical sort of, um, you know, Dawn of the Dead, Shaun of the Dead, uh, twenty eight days later, um, uh, a little bit uh, Walking Dead, especially at the beginning. Um, it's it's just an ongoing like i don't think they even describe the origin it's just like there are zombies here in this world and they have to fight them there's some history but it's like recent history and i don't think well they they, remember they, they say even... they what they say is that when the new world was discovered that they came back people came back with riches and and uh, spices and stuff but also the zombie plague that that's how they say okay it was okay. from the new world. I'd, 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 right. I'd forgotten that. And then, so um, that's, that's how time diverged in this story thing is that they went to the new world and came back with zombie plague. Okay. I had forgotten that bit yeah. apparently. And zombies in here can talk. Uh, Some of them can talk. Yeah. And, and the more they, the more 
when they eat the more they eat brains, the more they transform into undead. Yeah, which yeah. which is not a. It's maybe kind of new, but I mean, it's not completely new in the zombie mythos. Sure, but uh, yeah. yeah. So, so is, the, I'll ask the, you: is is it a comedy, Dennis? I know the answer to this, obviously, but <laughs> you, you you asked this last week. Um, yeah. It's not a comedy, but there are moments that are funny. Sure. Um, is it, an, it isn't it an adventure show? A little bit. <laughs> You're not I helping mean, here. The, the, I mean, I I said this last week. It's the story of Pride and Prejudice, like the Bennett family, um, Lizzie and Darcy's misunderstandings and and progress through their relationship are very similar. Um, but there's a zombie. There, there's a zombie story on top of it. And, and and to to I think this would have helped me I think going into a, a big setup that people don't say even on the descriptions is that the characters are warriors that that's super I think super important mm-hmm. and not enough stated when the description of this thing is is that it's not just Pride and Prejudice it's as if Lindy, Lizzie Bennett and her sisters are trained in combating with swords and knives and stuff and they're highly trained killers hunters of zombies and same with darcy and people in the world so it's not just like dainty pride and prejudice with a lot of you know english innuendos and things it's these highly trained warrior women that's and true and warrior guy this isn't a thing we normally do but i'm gonna i'm gonna send you an image in our discord okay for, for for the for the, that's, the the visualness of that's, of things, that's that's the poster, or a a poster. They also have single character with. All oh yes, yes, all I, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, but if if you look this movie up on IMDb, this is the this is the image of the poster. It's um, is it Darcy? I actually can't even tell. It, yeah, it's supposed. It doesn't look like the the characters actually. The yeah, actors at all. But it's it's Darcy behind us. So it's so it's Lizzie, uh, standing in front with Darcy behind her and their backs are together and they they're both carrying swords yeah and they're on top of a a, pile of zombies with their hands up type thing a pile of grasping hands coming out of the ground right yeah um yeah and so it's a it's a sort of plot gimmick that the wealthy families send their kids to Japan to train in martial arts but the Bennett daughters were sent to China instead. Um, right. That's, you know, just another element of the, the difference in their classes. I was going to say that whole right. bit. I was like, that's a weird thing that they put in it, there. But It was strange. It was strange. I was like, how in the middle of a zombie apocalypse with like a wall around London and a, and a moat around the, like a wider perimeter around that, like how are they easily getting kids back and forth to china and japan it's just strange <laughs> yeah and there's there's a lot of and zombies think, it's like all around their houses yeah. and stuff they walk they can't walk down the road without zombies attacking all the time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah it's not like it's a uh, but yeah, it's it's so i i can say it's weird before we go into any kind of spoilers it's just a weird i didn't know what i was watching most of the time <laughs> because because and that's kind of one of the reasons yeah. i was grilling you about it was that 
um, it's hard. It's hard to describe because at one minute it's one thing, and then the other thing, and then the other minute it's Pride and Prejudice. And yeah, uh, you know, you, you I, one of the best ways to um, articulate this uh, mo- movie is when the big there's like a the end of Act Two maybe where um, Darcy and uh, Lizzie Darcy proposes to Lizzie and they have this big fight that's very pivotal to their characters, right? And he they proposes l- and she turns him down and there's some heated words. Right. Right. And, and that's that's his that's proposal a, is so mean and Yes, right. That's it's a very important Pride Prejudice thing. And this they maintain that. But they literally have combat with swords and punches and kicks and karate and stuff. Yeah. During as, it. as she gets so angry at how shitty his proposal is, and that's now we have two. <laughs> now we have two, right? Yeah. Um, she starts throwing things at him, and then eventually they're drawing daggers and c- taking swipes at each other, and because they're both highly trained fighters. I mean, you see that. That's the that's the twist. Like they they meet at the dance, and he says the same stuff about how she's not handsome enough to tempt him, and then um, they find out that a bunch of the servants have been turned and maybe there's an orphanage. I don't remember if that's a different scene. Um, but Darcy sees her fighting her and her sisters in this ridiculous, like slow motion, them mm-hmm. all walking in a V um, right. kind of stuff, but they fight off these zombies and that's when Darcy's opinion changes. And he says the line about her eyes, right. That's, that's straight out of Jane Austen. So the, like the, the appeal of this movie of this story is this juxtaposition right yeah i think you have to be i think the audience for this is pretty niche you have to know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to know the pride and prejudice story to appreciate where like these are the original lines but the setting you know the scenery the scene setting is a little bit different and then and then these are new lines i could tell and maybe just because um you know, we watched several versions of Pride and Prejudice earlier right. um, this year. I could tell where some of the new writing wasn't quite capturing the the voice of Jane Austen. Yeah. Um, and that was a little off-putting. But the whole thing is so ridiculous and um, sort of like tongue-in-cheek, winking at the audience kind of thing. Yeah, um, but but not a comedy. The, that, I mean, that is also but, important. It's not a like they're they're not yeah, doing like it's not Shaun of the Dead, as you said. No, no, like it's funny that they've taken this first, you know, several of these pivotal um, story beats in Pride and Prejudice and added zombie, you know, dynamics, adding sword fights and um, and all of these things. Like that's funny, but it's not a joke. Yeah, it's not a joke. Um, right. And that's, like, that's what I think is the, important. The The zombie threat is is existential and real in this in this setting, which kind of undercuts the the societal um, uh, drivers of the original story. Right. right. This like, um, um, you know, necessity of marriage and and you know, the gender dynamics in, in the Regency era um, feels even more 
alien in in you know with this zombie thing happening well not to um, mention when they try to mix them too with like oh you you have to give up your warrior ways like no one would do that like that's the that makes no sense yeah that felt completely i'm like they didn't need they didn't need that like right. there's enough because you're telling the same story because it's the same like lizzie is the same and darcy is the same they are just both fighters um doesn't make any sense especially because he admired her martial prowess or whatever yeah it doesn't make any sense that she would have to give up fighting zombies once they got married well, like or that was, or that that's that was even a dumb, even a thing a d- in that world yeah. right you know like th- th- like with an existential zombie threat that is so um that is so real so clear and present danger whatever that they're that you know every noble family sends their um children to be trained in martial arts in china or japan it doesn't make sense that anybody at any point would give up fighting um <laughs> not just give up fighting that everyone would be fighting like th- there's so much zombies in this in this show that everyone would be life would be like the walking dead type stuff where you're always on edge and there's it, yeah so but I know that wasn't the point, kind of. It's not really. And I think you said it best when you said it's very niche. Um, and that 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 is actually, when we get later on to the recommendations section, it's real, real important. Because if you aren't a fan of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, I think this is a terrible movie that makes no sense and completely is just <laughs> absurd. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that the Pride and Prejudice makes it better, but... If you're a Pride and Prejudice fans, they are doing, as you said, Dennis, multiple times, the lines verbatim from the Jane Austen novels and that I've heard three or four times repeated in different formats that we've watched. Um, Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, this is the line. They're doing exactly the the thing. And you get into... She she said the thing. She said the thing. and, And then he did that thing. And they're at the ball or whatever. Like, okay, this is all... We're watching a new version of, oh, wait, now there's zombies and they got a sword and they pull out their daggers and, you know... Uh, and like, oh, it just is such a, a jarring moment all the time and then slips immediately back into Jane Austen again. And I think that's mm-hmm. what makes it good for people who like this. They have to be Jane Austen, Pride and Prejudice fans, and then can appreciate why did they do something or they put such so wild and left field together. And you can appreciate not the absurdity, but just how how unique the idea is yeah you ha- you have to know. be able to appreciate both things right and so I, yeah yeah you know it's it's good that they you know put that all in the title right if you know yeah. it it kind of tells you or gives you some hint as to what you're getting like pride and prejudice and zombies that's literally what this is yeah. and so if you if you don't know and presumably appreciate pride and prejudice you're going to have a hard time. Yeah, and yeah. No, I don't, you, I don't think you should watch it. If this is the first time you've ever seen a, been exposed to Pride and Prejudice, no. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't I can't imagine watching this without having seen any version of Pride and Prejudice. Well, if and, you're a zombie fan, right? Like if you like zombies, you're like, "Okay, I'll right. take if you I'll watch this." And and on the flip side, if you are a, a you know, Jane Austen costume drama Regency fan and Pride and Prejudice obviously and don't like monster zombie um or action like like fighting stuff or 
or action fighting kind of things, you're not going to like this either. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So that's why I say it's a niche. I think the very, overlap very, in yeah. those Venn diagrams is, you know, it exists, but it's small. It's and it's so interesting that or a couple things that are interesting about it. One one is that I can see a, a a book being written. Okay, cool. That it's interesting that they went and made a movie about it, which is just crazy. And then and then that they have some pretty notable actors throughout. And and I'm like, well, okay, this is this is like being taken seriously as a film. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, yeah. So I mean, I mean, Lily James had already been on Downton Abbey. Um, I think most of the, maybe not most, but over like half of the other sisters were um, like singers or you know, varying levels of of celebrities in England. Um, I mean, you got Matt Smith, right? Who was Doctor yeah. Who? Um, this is. About four or five years into, like, right in the middle of Game of Thrones. Yeah. And you've got Charles Dance as yep. Mr. Bennett, exactly. father, um, Tywin Lannister, yep. and Lena Headey, uh, Cersei Lannister, as Lady Catherine de Burke. Right? Both <laughs> a, a, kind of, a, a you know, one eyed pirate patch wearing Catherine de Burke. Right. She's, she's the, the zombie zombie fighting queen. And, um, and we can't forget Matt Smith as Collins. Yeah. Yeah, Matt Smith, I I mentioned a second ago. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and and you know Charles Dance and and Lena Headey, not post Game of Thrones, right? Like not after the decline of Game of Thrones, right yeah. in the middle, like yeah. between seasons of Game of Thrones, they made this movie, um, and yeah, so a lot. Uh, now that I'm, I got the page open, twenty eight million budget, not massive, okay. no, yeah. right, but. I mean the draw also, the draw is that it's pride and prejudice I think. Right? Yeah. It also lost money. I I um, I I'm shocked Dennis shocked I tell you. Yeah. And and the worldwide, reason I'm being silly about that is because 16 million. Yeah. So. I, I the reason I'm being facetious about that is because of the thing you said like three times. It's such a narrow niche audience that I can't believe as I said that they made a movie of this. Who did they think that they was was it they had to have thought, oh, zombie fans will all go, and Pride and Prejudice people will all go, and we'll get all, you know a great date night movie between guys and girls. When that is not how this was written, this was written as a Pride and Prejudice fan movie film that put the zombies in it. You know, you, you, I think you have to be a fan of you know Pride and Prejudice, and it's just such a such a narrow thing. So it's. No surprise that not a lot of people saw that. Uh, the 16 million was probably all Pride and Prejudice fans with a few uh, um, zombie fans. Yeah, it does say it was released in Japanese and English in addition to, I mean, Japanese and Chinese in addition to English. That's interesting. And so I wonder, I now I'm wondering if that element was in the novel. Novel feels like a strong word to call this book. <laughs> it's, it's really Pride and Prejudice fan fiction. Um, you know that got officially published, or, um, or or because this feels like a fever dream of a Hollywood producer wanting to make some money. They know that Japan and China are big, uh, what's it called, um, markets. So they want to right. Yeah, right. that's 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 the that's the the hypothesis I was just going to pose. Like maybe they added those elements to make this to give this a bigger appeal 
in those markets um, to not not great success. Sounds right. Like, but, which uh, which if that's the truth, yeah. then they didn't do their research because I do believe there's a gigantic ban in China about showing any kind of undead. It's, yeah. 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 Z- zombies. You, once in a while you'll see zombies in anime, but it's really rare. Um, and in China, I think they don't like to see skeletons. And I don't think th- there weren't really skeletons in this, but I, I think it's yeah, any kind of undead. undead. It's, the, it's the dead in, in the Chinese culture right. is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, ask, ask Blizzard and World of Warcraft about their troubles with that. Um, but so yeah, if that, if that was their, their impetus, they did not do their research very well. Right. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So going into, I don't want to say spoilers, but I, so I can talk more a little bit about some details here or there. Um, sure. Spoilers meaning spoilers for Pride and Prejudice. So if you haven't seen Pride and Prejudice, then, you know, this new movie is not for you anyway. Um, sure. Uh, I, to compare it to the other ones, uh, to going, I, Every every character and actor was very serviceable with the parts that they were given. So let's put it everybody at a, at a five out of ten at least for, for their performances. Um, but I think this was the weakest Darcy that I've seen uh, in mm-hmm. the, in all of our exposure to Pride and Prejudice. He wasn't bad. Again, at least a five. Um, but something about his trying to be gruff voice and. Mm-hmm. Also trying to be, I don't want to say hyper-masculine, but um, murderous. It, it just, he just was not interesting at all. And no, at no point, <clears throat> even at the end, when in all the other Pride and Prejudice films, you know, you start to really like Darcy and he becomes yeah. endearing. That did not happen in this one to me, at least. He was, there was no big change like, oh, this guy is so perfect. I'll, I'll agree with that. I mean, obviously... Um, maybe not obviously, but I'll give these numbers and it will be obvious. Um, this movie is, uh, one hour 48. So it's shorter, I think. Let me check. Um, yes, it's shorter than the 05 Pride and Prejudice by about 20 minutes and shorter than the BBC Pride and Prejudice by like four hours or more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's intentional, right? They, they they know that this shouldn't go on right. long, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I would good. not that, want to watch good. a a 3-hour version of this movie, yeah. but the point I want to make with that is in order to fit a zombie movie on a slightly shorter runtime than the entire story of Pride and Prejudice in the the um Keira Knightley movie, um the the original story has to be trimmed. It has to be truncated. And some of the things that got cut to make all this fit are the more noble, gallant acts of Mr. Darcy. Which is, right? the to entire... me, the most important part of Pride and Prejudice stories is those yeah, two. I mean, that's, right? where the, that's where the love story hinges is on Lizzie's first impression being wrong as she learns more about him and as he you know, saves their family from ruin. That's, I guess, a spoiler for the story. Yeah. But yeah, that I, I forget why, because I've seen this movie three times and I'm, it's like, I don't have like, I clearly enjoyed it enough that I would watch it again or mm-hmm. add it to our list to watch on this podcast. Part of that was just the, like, let's watch all the bright prejudices. <laughs> sure. Um, 
And so as I'm watching like the first hour, the first third, whatever, um, I'm like, this is funny. Like, this is a funny gimmick of like, if you know the lines, like this is the original line, except now they've got swords drawn and they're fighting the undead. Like that's a, that's a clever bit. It's a, it's a fun ride as it goes. And where it really falls apart for me is the third act. Oh, hundred percent. Yes. When like the story goes heavily into the zombies and like people are betraying and somebody was a zombie all along and Lydia goes missing, but she's just straight up kidnapped. Like there's no, um, there's none of the like, uh, um, fantasy seduction kind of stuff with Wickham and, um, particularly when, when, um, Bingley and Darcy, I guess this is a spoiler for this movie, but they do a thing with the church. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Um, that, that seems very out of character for them, especially Darcy. I'm like, what, what, what's motivating this? Like this part of the story is not sufficiently developed. Like, I don't understand why his character is doing this. And so all of that is just rushed and then goes charging toward the end where they have the confession and, um, they fall in love. And then there's a post-credit scene, um, just after the weddings, right? It ends with the weddings, just like the original story. Yeah. Um, and as it started to get into that third act, I was like, oh, this is why I I always kind of forget about this movie. Like, yeah. I remember the premise and I remember the, the, the gimmick or the appeal of the mixing these two things um, and that being fun. But then the the ending is just it's just bad. Like, yeah. Well, they it's because it's because they dropped the primary reason to watch this show is Pride and Prejudice. And Mm -hmm. and and that's that is that is still the center of this film up until the third act. And it should continue to be, except I think that they were like, okay, now let's let's end it like a zombie movie kind of would end more heavily. And and our own ethos type stuff added. They tried to veer too far away from pride and prejudice which was a mistake because i know they're trying to go for a wider audience but that totally failed and what they actually had here was a pride and prejudice movies with zombies in it um and they should have stuck with that and gave us more darcy and 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 lizzie um but so but lizzie was great i'm obviously a huge fan of um uh the the actress there um james Mm -hmm. yeah lily james and um she was fantastic. A, a great, you know, Lizzie Bennett, of, of course. I thought uh, Catherine de Berg's transformation was odd at best and confusing. <laughs> um, just weird and didn't make a lot of sense um, wh- why sure, they would yeah. choose to do that with her. And then they have a fight with her bodyguard. It was just all weird. Um, and they they didn't lift any lines from... Jane Austen at that point, they just started making up new ones and kind of changed the ca- character of Catherine de Berg, not just who it's she is. Similar, but... like, like she has similar, um, like objections to a, a marriage between Darcy and Lizzie, sure. but it's, it's very truncated. Yeah. And then they go into that fight, which is sort of foreshadowed when you see the sisters sparring in the first act. That's one of the sort of clever things with their, they're you know they're 
using the same lines from Jane Austen, but instead of, you know, brushing their each other's hair or whatever, they're sparring in the basement. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's it that that see I didn't mind any of that either. I also didn't mind that like Jane going on the way to uh Bingley's house, uh, you know, she has to watch out for zombies and then she gets uh, ambushed by zombies and I, that that was fine all that was like okay cool that mm-hmm. that makes sense this is a natural normal thing that You're these telling people the would same be doing. story but but some of the some of the details some of the um whatever details she, she uh, gets sick are, is are it is it zombie sick this, or not you know that the that's, setting right yeah it, did she get bitten kind of thing that that fits and those kind of things especially early on all actually worked fine even the absurd um, sisters being combat warriors and stuff. Okay, fine. We, as long as we set the stage for that, that's all fine. But then it, they just stopped being on track with some of that stuff. And again, I, I say that the, the Darcy part of it was, was not that great. Uh, the mom was fine, I guess. Um, the dad, yeah. the, the actor that played the dad wasn't a fan of him playing the dad. Like all the other, all the other, again, he was serviceable. Five at, at the minimum. But there was other people mm-hmm. in all different interpretations that were way better. Um, so, yeah, it's. I mean, that's that's another one of the things that that kind of got cut in the in the runtime, right? You don't. There's not nearly enough development between Mister and Missus Bennett um, for all, and most of his lines are cut too. So you don't see that relationship with with him and Lizzie and the funny sort of things. I mean, I get that the the main story of Lizzie and Darcy doesn't need that um but you know then he's just there right um i liked matt smith as the person oh, yeah. he was actually as, okay as, yeah as collins like yeah. he was a he was a pretty good um version of collins in this context in right this context, he's, he's right. very much he's very much you know hamming it up kind of smirking at the camera smirking at the audience kind of thing um which is perfect for this tone of Pride and Prejudice. Well, like in a in a normal like if you put him in the 05 Pride and Prejudice, uh I'm I'm less I'm less confident. Although I think that actor would play that character a little more subdued. But also the character is ridiculous. I, I right? was just going to say that. that I think Collins um, is is just absurd in all versions. He's just mm-hmm. nonsense and just absurd character. It's it's and yeah. it's in somewhat endearing later on. Uh, it's it's not he's not bad, right? He's not a bad character, but he of all of the in the Pride and Prejudice, Mister Collins is just totally a cartoon character. So Matt Smith played him just like all the rest have, just another cartoon character, and I actually kind of liked it. You know, I liked mm-hmm. it made it made actual sense. Uh, think about the what's the the YouTube one that we watched? Like that guy was even absurd, right? Um, but yeah. but Mr. Collins doesn't always, to me, fit in the Pride and Prejudice uh, frame because he's just not, he doesn't fit in anywhere in, the, in any of the characters or actors that played him in, the, in those parts. But in here, he did because it is a kind of an absurd setting. And sure. he, like, like just what you said, he fits in this context really well and totally made sense. He's When he's singing at the dinner with Catherine DeBerg, um, and, um, Lizzie, um, and they're all having the conversation. He talks about scones a lot like that all <laughs> felt right. 
Like that character, that makes sense. And he wasn't absurd cartoony because that's very normal for a person who doesn't know how to fight and uh, wants his wife to stop fighting in a world full of zombie infestations. Right. Um, So he, he, I'm I'm realizing now we, we talked about all the, the, the stuff about her giving up fighting after they get married, I'm, I'm realizing now. I think that was all Mr. Collins. Yeah, it was all Mr. Collins. Yeah, because um, he 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 wanted that. Which, when he was... which, which again is is making it more obvious that some of those things I think are things that are a little bit lost if you if you don't understand the the Regency culture. I think Mr. Collins was a like a parody of a certain kind of person in that time. That's a that's a little hard to comprehend to a modern viewer this this sort of obsequious you know bowing scraping kind of kind of guy um and of course the whole we talked about this when we talked about the other movies like the the from a practical standpoint it was you know selfish of lizzie to turn him down Right. And in the in the YouTube series, they translate that into a into a um, job offer where he's like, there are not a lot of job offers like that's that's similar sort of practical motivation. And so, you know, from a practical standpoint, her turning him down makes sense. But from a personal interest, you know, true love, you know, uh, affection kind of perspective, it makes perfect sense. Um and so maybe that's what they were trying to do here with him wanting her to give up fighting after they got married. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. So yeah, all that to say, I think the Mr. Collins representation is one of the stronger, um, elements of this. And, and and honestly, when you, when you look at this whole thing and if you can totally understand being a pride and prejudice fan going into this and, and know that kind of stuff and understanding what you're going to see and, and appreciating those things. Um, if, if that, if they went full on with that and, and embraced it and realized that's their audience is going to be this niche thing, then honestly, they, they should have actually made it a longer film. You and I both said yeah. we, we wouldn't want to watch that. Right. <laughs> we agree. Yeah. But when you're, you are everything about pride and prejudice, there's, there's not a ton of fat to trim. I think it's all very deliberate. It's one of the things that makes yeah. the Jane Austen thing so good is that kind of every step has reasons to build upon the Lizzie and Darcy dynamic and the characters. It all kind of centers around them. You take something out, you really can't. There's not a lot of real fat to trim off there. So now you're adding a whole nother dynamic, a whole nother plot lines and stories and thing to this thing. But you decide to cut that out or cut off major parts of the Pride and Prejudice story, and you don't have a full zombie film either. So right. you, it, what they did is they they just cut down to very short, which I'm thankful for, uh, runtime <laughs> in, in, in a things that should have actually taken more if they wanted to make it a, a proper Pride and Prejudice film with zombie film together. Um, and then maybe we would have gotten some, you know, oh, I, I'm, I'm appreciative of how these two beautiful warrior people came together and fell in love in this horrible situation and environment. And that's where we would have ended up. Instead, it was just like this, you know, hack and slash adventure. Cause I would actually call it an adventure film. I wouldn't even call it a romance, um, hmm. which pride and prejudice is 
like the quintessential romance. Um, there's, there's as much romance in this as there is in Pirates of the Caribbean between Keira Knightley and, uh, Orlando Bloom, right? There's this, this movie reminds me a lot of, of Pirates of the Caribbean. That's Um, fair. That's fair too. Especially the later ones, right? Where they're, they kind of go over the top. I've only seen the first couple, but I don't know the kind of tongue. I mean, I mentioned it last week too, the kind of like, it's action, but it's all a little tongue in cheek and this similar costuming. I mean, the, the, um, the like peak of the, of the pirate, you know, what we think of as pirate, like Caribbean, Caribbean pirate era was pretty close to this time, maybe a couple decades before, um, or after, maybe I have the years. Totally wrong. No, I think is I think Regency is early eighteen hundreds. Um, yeah, I think we had talked about that earlier. Uh, check so we don't get email about that. Well, c- coming. Yeah. Uh, why are you looking at that? Seventeen ninety five to eighteen thirty seven, and yeah, the the pirate era was late seventeen hundreds. Oh yeah, right. Well, so coming out of it, um, coming out of spoilers, going towards the end here. Uh, to recommendations, I don't, I don't know if I'd recommend this to anybody unless you had watched three or four Pride and Prejudice films, and then, <laughs> and then, and then, even then, I don't think it's good. I, I mean, I don't, I think it's fun and campy, so mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's bad in any way. And it is, as they say, it is what it is. It's and and as you very aptly pointed out, they did a, the right job by putting it right on the front: Pride and Prejudice and zombies, like. There's mm-hmm. no illusions. So you go into that, you're not going to get a really great retelling of Pride and Prejudice. If it's your first time never seeing Pride and Prejudice, definitely do not watch this. Um, and if you're a Pride and Prejudice fan that kind of like zombies, it's not the best zombie film either. So it's just okay, but all elevated. I would actually put it really at the bottom barrel had it not been for the great actors and actresses that they had throughout that were doing a great job of the lines from pride and prejudice. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, that made great. it like, okay, now we're, we're back up to a five overall. And I would give this usually a five. I don't even know if I would recommend it to anybody. Like I said, unless I already knew they they were, uh, pride and prejudice fans. And if they were, they probably already seen it. Right. If you've already seen yeah. two or three. Yeah. I mean, as, as we've said several times, like it, it is what it says on the tin. Um, I think after now seeing it three times, I don't think it really succeeds at being either of those things. Yeah. It's a little bit of a jack of all trades. I think it either needed to be longer. I don't know, three hours, but maybe like two and a half. I don't know that if I would have sat through all of that, but there's a lot of the zombie stuff they could have trimmed and maybe, but then what's the point? <laughs> then, then what's the point? To, to right? Just, you got, to just you gotta... do the whole, you know, if it's just the Pride and Prejudice story with this, um, maybe that would have been fine. Maybe, you know, if they hadn't pivoted into a full zombie story in the third act. Or yeah. make the whole thing like 45 minutes and just speed run through the Pride and Prejudice story and be done. <laughs> and be done, you know, right. To, to, to lower the expectations. I don't and, know. And, and I would I would definitely recommend if someone was like, I want a zombie movie with some romance in it, go watch Shaun of the Dead. Like it's it's not a romance thing, it's a zombie thing, and it's a comedy. But there's romance in it. There's a, I think there's as much romance in it as there is in this one because 
they I don't I, I keep harping on it. They they don't really resolve the the climactic part of the main the Lizzie major and, conflict between Lizzie and Darcy is yeah and, and making it over. feel like a thing because of all the reasons. So I would I wouldn't even recommend it as a zombie with love story in it. It's fine. Um, the, 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 I will say here, here, let, let's do a, a positive. My last thing, I'll see some positives. The, the make, zombie makeup was pretty good. Uh, the fight scenes was, mm-hmm. they, they were serviceable and pretty cool. They, they were all right, except for the, like you said, the V scene was pretty was silly. Uh, it's but cheesy. Yeah, yeah, cheesy. And I did like, uh, cheesy, so I, I liked the, the idea of the, what they were doing with zombies. And I would have watched a zombie movie where some of them can talk and there's like this, you know, organization of them and wickham's kind of of story there that was actually a little interesting and had i watched a movie with just that maybe it would have been a pretty cool zombie movie by itself Mm -hmm. but that's my my take on it how did how did you feel oh yeah you said that uh three times that you see this is the third time you see it who who would you recommend it to i mean do you know anyone do you know anyone that you would walk up and say Go watch. This. I mean, there's some I watched it with some of my family, right? My, you know, we didn't show it to my mom, but um, I think Sarah and Andrew and I watched it there the most. Like they've seen Pride and Prejudice, and you know, no one familiar with the story, and also are fine with zombie. I think we showed it to Dad, and he was like, "Okay, that was dumb," or he was on his phone most of the time, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, it it is what it says on the tin. I don't think it's it's great especially in the in the third act um but it's you know the production value is very high considering the source material they're working with here um and yeah 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 so i don't know if you if you think you're in that niche between pride and prejudice fans and zombie fans um you've probably already seen it but if you you know if it's on netflix or something you it's you know not it's not bad that that's the that's a good you know what this is a perfect film for netflix honestly like or a streaming thing because not a lot of people are going to watch it but if you do like that kind of thing it's there for you right and i think today in this day and age i think it would have only been made for streaming and and not yeah well i think i think andrew called it a movie that he would like if he was going to see it he would only see it in theater oh really Um, okay which I think is fair from the perspective of it's a lot of spectacle with without a lot of substance, especially toward the end. So if you really oh, well, just want to see, yeah, like, I didn't the think about that action yeah. and and fights. Maybe I, I'm sure it won't get any rescreenings in theaters, but um, <laughs> right, right. it's it's that kind of movie that you like sometimes watch. You know, if you watch it at home, like you're sometimes watching it, and sometimes you're folding laundry or whatever. <laughs> sometimes you're folding laundry, right? Okay, well, so we're we're at the end of the show here, but you get to pick next week's show, uh, and we have this will probably air right around the time Halloween is, but um, we do have one more week between Halloween. I'm not sure if that's going to affect your decision or not, but yeah, well, I picked another kind of sort of Halloweeny movie. Um, it is Cabin in the Woods. Oh, okay. Uh, Produced, I think, by Joss Whedon, um, 2012. Uh, it's a sort of. I, I saw it in the theater, and I don't remember a lot about it, except I think it's very meta. Um, so okay, 
we'll see. We'll see what that is. In, in, interesting. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I think it. I think uh, it I, I think I've se- I remember seeing a, um, plays against a lot of horror movie tropes. Uh, yeah, I think I've seen the trailer for it back in the day, but I have actually seen it. So, right. Cool. All right, I think we did it. We we did uh, got all the way through all our Pride and Prejudice stuff now, so we're pretty good <laughs> on that. We're set. Yeah. All right. Well, you've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 320. Thanks as always to our friends at LRM Online. You can check them out for reviews on things. I'm sure in a couple weeks, Fox will have a review of The Marvels. Um, If you want to reach out to us and tell us how much you loved Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and how wrong we are, you can do that via email. Our address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com. There will be show notes. I'll put uh, links to those board games uh you we talked about earlier if you enjoy the front porch please consider subscribing on the podcast of your choice and while you're there if you would leave us a favorable review we always appreciate that it helps out a lot with those algorithms as always thanks so much for joining us and until next time i'm dennis and i'm michael for the front porch night everybody see you next time